As I think about this day and what this day is, I, I'm just I, to be able to perform baptism. You know, everything about 2020 it seems has been a challenge. You know, and to get to where we are right now, to be able to uh, start back with Sunday school and youth ministries and perform baptisms and little things that we're doing and still trying to be cautious with things and Lord in mercy. But I just I feel blessed already today. Just by everything that's already taken place, my heart's full, and I'm glad. And that's the way it's supposed to be, uh, to, to do what God has us to do and to follow God's plan for our life. And these three that got baptized today, and though you, some of you may not understand the full ramification of what you did, uh, as you grow in your journey for the Lord. Matter of fact, that's one of the first steps of obedience when you become a child of God, is to uh, be baptized. And once you follow that plan for your life, then you can grow in some areas. And so I was thinking about all of that. And certainly um, the message today is not just centered to these three people that got baptized. Brother Tim's been a Christian for a long time. Uh, uh, the other two younger people, they hadn't been Christian so long, but they are, they've been coming to church and they're learning things. But this is something I believe will help all of us. And the message today is titled Salvation's Witness. Salvation's witness, and I'll explain uh, what it means here in just a moment. If you have your Bibles, we'll look at Acts chapter 4 and uh, verse number 13. I'll read a verse of Scripture out of here. And if you don't have your Bible with you, we have the verses on the screen. And it's exactly uh, what I'm reading out of the Bible today. So you're welcome to look at the screen if you don't have a Bible. But Acts chapter 4 and verse 13, I'll read the verse, and then in a little bit we'll explain what it means. It says, Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, they marveled. And they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. And I'm going to stop right there. And I want to have a word of prayer over the service, the message today. But I really want us to open our hearts and minds. I know we've got, listen, if you came in here like I did today, you've got a lot of stuff on your mind. You're dealing with a lot of things. But can we just for the next few minutes, I won't keep you long. That's what Elizabeth Taylor told her ninth husband. <laughs> I promise I won't keep you long. If you'll just listen, listen to the word of God and let it speak to our hearts today. Can we do that? Shall we pray? Father in heaven, we thank you and praise you, Lord, for the blessing that we've already had this day, Lord, uh, to, to gather together in your house today and to be able to worship you and to be able to perform one of the ordinances of the church that you gave, Lord, to, to baptize people. Lord, that's part of our commission. And God, I thank you that we're able to do that today. And I pray for these that were baptized, Lord, that they will just continue to grow in grace and in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Lord, I know we called out a lot of names in prayer. Lord, I know our prayer list is already full of names. But God, I pray for each and every name, each and every unspoken request, every burden that's on our heart right now. God, you already know what it is and you already have the answer for it. So God, I pray that you will just... Allow us the grace, which I know you will, but Lord, help us to have faith, to trust your plan, and to know that all things work together for good. And Lord, we believe that. So God, I pray right now, we'll cast our care upon you. And Lord, I pray that as we go through this sermon today, may it speak to our hearts. I do pray, if there is one here that does not know you as their Lord and Savior, that the Holy Ghost will prick their heart. 
convict them, ring them out, Lord. Uh, just fan them out over the, the flames of hell today, Lord, and may they understand that they need you before it's everlasting too late. I ask that you will just hide me behind the cross, empower me, Lord. Lord, just let me say that, that, that the only the things that will be pleasing unto you. Lord, I pray now for your Holy Spirit, power, direction, and leadership, Lord, in all of our lives, and especially this moment. For we ask it in Christ's name. Amen. I know I read, a, just I pulled out one verse out of here, and to give you the backdrop of the story, of course, Pentecost had happened, the church was on fire, uh, it had been powered by the Holy Ghost, and we've got Peter and John that were preaching, and they were, you got to understand, now these guys, they didn't go to a seminary, and they didn't learn how to dress, they didn't have on a nice white shirt and a, a suit vest and tie and all that, they didn't look like that. I mean, this was a rugged looking bunch of people that had been called by the Lord and uh, they've been changed by God. And I want you to notice who they're standing in front of. They're standing in front of the Sanhedrin Council. Now, if you're not familiar with the Sanhedrin Council, uh, basically it's this. It's, it was an assembly of rabbis and these particular people have been appointed to sit as a tribunal in every city of Jerusalem. And it will be kind of what we would consider the Supreme Court of our day. And brother, we're talking about a very sophisticated group of people uh, who were educated in the law, educated in, in, in the ways of Judaism, and all of those ritualistic things. And listen, now they had already been upset with Jesus. Matter of fact, it was that crowd uh, who made sure Jesus got crucified because he preached against everything that they were trying to make their living off of. He came to preach grace and salvation through the grace. And of course, they had to sell the, the sacrifices at the temple and they would exchange the money at the unfair rate and all and he came and he busted up their system and that actually it was religion that put jesus on the cross by the way i don't care anything about somebody's religion okay it's how religion will not get you to heaven ladies and gentlemen what will get you to heaven is a relationship with the lord jesus christ anyway all that being said we got two guys here they have been full of the holy ghost they are preaching in the power and doctrine of jesus christ and i want you to notice what happened here verse number 13 now when they talking about this sanhedrin council when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, listen, they were so sold out to Christ that it didn't matter who, what they said, who they said it in front of, or who they offended. You understand what? They're, they're speaking in front of the Supreme Court of their day who had the authority to stone them if need be. It didn't matter. They, they didn't know any better. They're preaching in the boldness of Jesus Christ. And these people, these sophisticated, educated Religious group of people, this Supreme Court, if you will, when they perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men. And these guys, they're not standing up here looking all nice, saying all these fancy words that they learned. They weren't exegeting the Greek and, and all that stuff. No, they were just telling about Jesus Christ. And notice that these men, the Supreme Court, if you will, the, the Sanhedrin Council, they marveled at these guys who were preaching. And the Bible says to acknowledge of them... That they had been with Jesus. Whew. If that could be said about us. That what was given off your aura, if you will. Was not how well you dressed. Now listen. I try to. For the sake of understanding my calling. I, when I get behind the pulpit. I try to look decent, by the way. Okay. But it doesn't make me any better than anybody else who don't have a white shirt and tie on. You understand what I'm saying? More than me standing up here with a white shirt and tie on, I'd rather be, be said, man, that preacher had been with Jesus. 
And what you need in your life, it's not about how well you dress or how much money you have. It's not about the education you have. It's about you being with Jesus so much that people get a sense of it when they're around you. These men, in their appearance, they're unskilled. They're unlearned. The Bible says they appear to be ignorant men in the eyes of the Supreme Court. And I'll tell you something about the Supreme Court, by the way. Uh, <laughs> we look like a bunch of ignorant people to the Supreme Court because we want to worship Christ. We want to have freedom of religion. They want to take it all away. And we're willing to stand for the things of Christ. We're like a bunch of ignorant people. But I want to tell you, uh, the ignorance of Christ, I want the Bible says it don't stand in the foolishness of men, but stand in the wisdom and power of God. And we'll do well every time. Every time. Standing for God might mean we go against the Supreme Court. So be it. We may look like a bunch of ignorant people. So be it. We want to follow God's plan. We want to follow His Word. Now, uh, if you didn't expect to come here and hear that kind of preaching day, I don't apologize for it. You probably had to pass five or six churches to get here. But we're going to preach the truth right here at Calvary. Okay? We're going to preach the truth. I want to talk about the salvation's witness. There's, there's several witnesses of salvation that all of us who have been saved, they accompany us, they should go before us, and no matter what kind of appearance you give to anybody else, they ought to be able to look at you and say, man, that person's been with Jesus. Okay, let's look at a few things this morning. Okay, Here, how about we make this deal? You listen fast, I'll preach fast, we'll get done fast. Okay, how about that? All right, let me give you the first one. Let me talk about the witness of confession. The witness of confession. Now, Romans chapter number 10 when somebody wants to get saved and somebody has a, a, a conviction about them, a lot of times I'll take them to the book of Romans in chapter number 10. We'll read through these verses. But look what it says. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, notice this, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the Scripture saith, Whosoever believeth on him should not be ashamed, or shall not be ashamed. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I want you to know the witness of confession. There was a time in my life, uh, I, boy, I, I, I get amazed at how many years ago it's been. It makes me a little bit older than what I want to be. But I remember March 25th, 1983, as an eight-year-old boy, I knew I was on my way to hell. I was under conviction. And I called upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I confessed Him. I confessed who I was, and that's nothing more than a sinner. As an eight-year-old boy, I was a sinner, dear friend. I knew I needed to be saved. I called upon Christ. I confessed Him, and He saved my soul. Now, the Bible says this, that the Lord, there's no difference between the Jew and the Greek. The same Lord is is rich unto all that call upon Him. I want you to know that applies today, dear friend. There's no difference between this side and that side, a black person, a white person. It doesn't matter how much money you got in your pocket, how much money you don't have in your pocket. The same Lord is rich unto all who will call upon Him. That's confession, dear friend. You confess. I can tell you about a time. old song. It says, I can tell you about a time and I can take you to the place where the Lord saved me by His marvelous grace. Don't be ashamed of who you are. That's the witness 
of confession, recognizing the fact that God has saved you. You can confess that. Not only did you call upon Him in salvation, but you confess Him to other people. You don't have to know every verse in the Bible. You don't have to have the books of the Bible, this, that, and other. All you can do, you can tell somebody what God did for you. And that's a good starting place. Let me give you another one. Not only the witness of confession, we're talking about salvation's witness. I have a witness of confession. I also have a witness of communion. Communion. What are you talking about, preacher? Well, in 2 Corinthians chapter 13, in verse number 14, the Bible says, The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Ghost be with you all. Amen. What are you talking about, communion? I look with me another verse in 1 John chapter number 3. 1 John chapter 3 and verse number 24. And he that keepeth his commandments dwelleth in him, and he in him. And hereby we know that he abideth in us by the Holy Spirit which he hath given us. What does that mean? We're talking about communion. We're talking about a Holy Spirit that's given inside of us at the moment of salvation. Listen, it's not just you anymore, dear friend. You have the Holy Ghost of God living and abiding with you, and it communes with you. It communicates. It talks with you. It speaks to you. You say, preacher, I haven't heard any voices. Are you sure about that? Some of you, I wonder what kind of voices you've been listening to, by the way. huh? I'll tell you, there's an inner voice inside of us. Okay, and the Holy Spirit of God, He speaks to us, and yeah, you can distance Him, you can you can turn Him off, you can crowd Him out by the things of the world. It's very easily done. You get wrapped up in the things of the world, the business of life, and all the functions of things, and it just might be that you've distanced yourself where you're not hearing that voice anymore, but it's there. It's there. That's the communion. Uh, when I do something that I know I shouldn't do, you know what happens. The Holy Ghost starts speaking to my heart, saying, son, you shouldn't have done that. I tell you, most of the time, if I said something I should have said, by the time it rolled off my tongue, the Holy Spirit's already told me, I say, you should have said that. Most of the time, if I do something I shouldn't have done, the minute, the very second that I did what I wasn't supposed to do, the Holy Spirit says, you shouldn't have done that. You know what that is? Communion of the Holy Spirit. He's communicating with us. He's trying to direct us. He's trying to lead us. He's trying to guide us. That is the witness of communion. One of the ways you can know that you're a child of God is because you have the Holy Spirit directing you and guiding you and rebuking you when you do wrong. Matter of fact, the Holy Spirit tells us this. The Bible tells us this, that the person that's without chastisement, the Bible says he's a bastard. He's not a son. If you can live your life and call yourself a Christian and, and not even feel any kind of conviction of the Holy Spirit by doing all the things of the world, then something's wrong. Because whom the Lord loveth, he correcteth. And correction is tough love sometimes. But I can remember getting in trouble as a kid. And, yet, you know, you get in trouble. And, of course, I know when kids get older, the correction changes a little bit. But I, but I can remember uh, getting, a, getting a whipping. We didn't, we didn't get a, uh, we didn't get, you know, that fancy term. Right? Man, we, no, that's what I say, whipping. We got whooped. W-H-U-P. And you drug the U out a little bit. And I can't remember being told, now, this is going to hurt me a whole lot worse than it hurt you. Are you kidding me? Huh? My parents would be in jail if it was twenty if it was 2020 when I was growing up. I saw here a while back, several, several years ago, but, I mean, a, a kid suing their parents, trying to divorce from their parents. Can you believe the society that we live in? I, I mean, and, and the fact that we've taken away corporal punishment and the fact that parents cannot correct their kids without some kind of retribution from the government, that's the society we produce today. And look what they're doing out in society. 
they're burning down buildings and, and rioting and protesting and, and tearing up things. Listen, you know what, you know what needs to be tore up? Their rear end. We've raised a generation on, listen, uh, we want to put them on Ritalin and all that. Why don't we just give them a red rear end and let that take care of things? Huh? Anyway, the witness of communion. I've I've been communed with many times from a paddle, from a belt. Anybody know what a razor strap is? Huh? Let that fly against your rear end. Huh? Listen, we communion. But the point is, the Holy Spirit, when you get saved, dear friend, you have the communion of the Holy Spirit inside of you to lead you and guide you and direct you. Now, if you're not yielding to Him, if you're crowding Him out with all the activities of the world, if you don't make time to read His Word, to try to pray, to try to yield to Him, to come to church and hear the Bible being preached and taught, if you don't do all those things, His voice is going to be hard to hear. Because you crowd them out. Okay? The witness of communion. I'm talking about just some witness of salvation that we have. Let me give you another one. I like this one. We have the witness of comfort. The witness of comfort. Now, the Gospel of John. The Gospel of John. Uh, Look with me in chapter 14. John chapter 14. And look at verses 16 and 17. Now, Jesus is actually going to be leaving, right? He's going to be crucified Dying on the cross, he's going to leave. He's telling his disciples he's going to leave, but notice what he tells them. And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him. Notice this. For he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. We're talking about this comfort. A comforter. Uh, Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Verses 3 and 4. Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Notice this. The Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforteth us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. Now, there, you notice that word comfort all through there? Comfort. Comfort. Comforted. The Holy Ghost, the comforter that is given to us by God. When we become a Christian, He indwells us. And from Him, there is comfort that's given. Does anybody need comfort today? Yeah, there are people that are hurting today. If we, if we could unveil our blindness and see everybody's burden today. And, and if we do what people were dealing with in this room, it's, it'd shake us to our core. To know the burdens that are in this room right now. Things that people are going through that nobody has a clue. And it's those kind of things that you can't tell somebody about because it's private and it's personal. I want you to know, you have a father of comfort. You have a God of comfort that when you can't tell somebody about it, you can go to your heavenly father. You see, that's a witness of salvation. There's a comfort given by the Holy Ghost. And the Bible tells us here that the God who is the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. There's different things that need to be comforted today. We all have different areas that we need comforted in. I'm glad I serve a God who's able to give comfort in every area where it's needed. Every area. If you're hurting today emotionally, God can comfort you. If you're hurting today physically, God can comfort you. If you're having financial problems, you know what? God can comfort you. There's a peace that comes from God that you can't get anywhere else. 
the God of all comfort. He comforts us. That's the witness of comfort. Let me give you another one this morning. The witness of change. The witness of change. I really want to speak to these that were baptized. In Romans chapter number 6, verses 3 and 4. Know ye not that so many of us, as we were baptized in Jesus Christ, were baptized into His death? Therefore we are buried with Him by baptism into death. That like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. Let me speak to this subject of baptism. What happened today is, number one, we didn't have three people get their sins washed away today. That didn't happen. Now, their sins were washed away uh, on the cross of Calvary when Jesus shed His blood. And it got applied to their account when they received Christ as salvation. Uh, But what they did here today was follow the Lord. And it was a symbol. It was a picture of them being dead and buried in Christ. But notice, they were raised to walk in newness of life. Okay? Salvation doesn't save you, dear friend. Now, if you've been taught that, I'm not trying, I'm going to give you the Bible. Salvation doesn't save you. Case in point, the thief on the cross who was being crucified with Jesus. You know, he never got baptized, but you know what Jesus said? Today thou shalt be with me in paradise. Huh? This water doesn't clean or cleanse you from your sin. But what you did today, those that got baptized, and those who've been baptized, by the way, what you did was just a symbolic picture of you being buried in His likeness, okay? Dead, buried, and you raised to walk, as the Scriptures say, in new disciples. So there's something new about me. I identified with Christ. Okay? I've got a new name. What's my new name? Well, we're going to get to heaven one day, and the Bible tells us there's a new name. Matter of fact, there's a new song about you. A song that the angels cannot sing. But one of these days, are you listening to me? I've already read the book. Uh, We're going to have a new name. We're going to have a new song. All because we were raised to walk in a newness of life that Christ gives us that we can't find out there in the world, dear friend. Amen. It's a newness of life. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Listen to me. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. When you got baptized, you went down. Those old things were dead and buried. But when you raised up, dear friend, you were raised to walk in a newness of life that you can walk out of these doors today as a new person in Christ. Hallelujah. Can I say this? Every problem and every trouble you had before you got baptized, they came up with you. Sometimes we paint a picture so wonderful that we make people think that they go down and come up and everything's all hunky-dory and the devil's not going to fight me no more and I'm just going to walk on cloud nine until I get to heaven. Boy, I wish that was true, but that's not true. Matter of fact, Marlena, Austin, Brother Tim, you know what you did today? You identified. And what that did was put a big old bullseye on you and the devil's going to hit you and shoot what the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 6, fiery darts. You know what he's wanting to do? He's trying to bring you down. He's trying to take you back to the old path. Don't do that. Don't go that route because there's a change inside of you. You are a new creature in Christ. Let me give you one more. The witness of comprehension. The witness of comprehension. In John chapter 14, verse number 26. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, 
whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I said unto you. That's pretty interesting. He's going to bring all things that have been taught by Jesus. Notice that the Holy Spirit was going to bring those to remembrance. I like that. I look at 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 13 and 14. Which, also, which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth. Comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man, the person who's not been saved, receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. Listen, experience will teach you something. The fact that you try to witness to people and try to tell people about the Lord, and they just can't comprehend it, they just can't get it, and they want to argue with you that you're wrong and they're right. You know why? Because the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God. But as you are saved, as you are following the Lord, today is another step in these people's lives have been baptized to grow in the grace and knowledge. And the Holy Spirit will teach you and guide you and show you things. And you know what will happen? When you come to church and you hear the, the, the preaching of the Word of God, if you've been reading the Bible through the week, you know what happens? All the preacher does is by the Holy Spirit of God reaffirm what you've already been studying. And the more it gets reaffirmed in your heart, the deeper your roots go and the more grounded you get in the Word of God and the more grounded you are in the doctrine of God. And then when the winds of destruction blow around you, you won't be blown around like a leaf in the wind. You'll be rooted and grounded in the Word of God. That's the witness of comprehension. Let me say this. I'm done. I'm, I'm closing up. Let me say this. There's more people that need to be saved. There's more people that need to be baptized. There's more people that need to grow in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. These three, you know what one thing we did not do? We did not hogtie them and drag them down out to make a decision. They followed Christ on their own. Would you follow Him today? Salvation's witness. We're going to bow our heads. We're not going to sing today, but we're going to have instrumental music playing as we have a verse of invitation. Our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed. Our musicians are going to play. We're not going to sing, but they're going to play for us. And it could be that there's someone here today that God has spoken to your heart. Now listen to me very closely. I'm not asking you to join this church. I'm not asking you to put money in the offering bucket. None of that. I'm asking you, do you have 100% peace in your heart that you know the Lord Jesus as your personal Savior? If you don't know, if you can't answer that you know the Lord and you say, Preacher, this is what you're talking about, this witness of salvation. I don't have it. I've never been saved. Preacher, I want you to pray for me. Now, if you want me to pray for you, and I will not call your name or come to where you are, but you will be in my prayers, would you slip your hand up quickly? Let, let the preacher pray for you. Anybody else? I see your hand. Anybody else? Anybody else? Okay. We're not going to hogtie. We're not going to force. But we want you to have peace and assurance in your heart. In just a moment, I'm going to pray. We're going to stand and they're going to play. If you have a need, the altars are open. Father in heaven, we thank you and we praise you for this day that you've given us. Thank you for the blessing of this day already. And I pray, God, that every need that's represented will be met according to your will. We ask these blessings in Christ's name. Amen. We're going to stand to our feet. Our heads are going to be bowed. We don't want to embarrass anybody, but uh, musicians are going to play. I'll be standing down front. If you have a need, the altars are open.